Turn with me to the book of Proverbs, or they'll put it up on the screen for us. Proverbs 28 and 20, we began in last night, and if you didn't, if you weren't with us, uh, we encourage you to get caught up with us. I, I believe the Lord will direct us along this line as the week goes on, and uh, we want to stay open to anything else different. But um, you've prayed, we've prayed, many have prayed, and I'm confident that the Lord's answering our prayers, giving us what we need, ministering to us, adding to us. His word is not just educational. It's not just informational. It's quickening. His word is with power, isn't it? And when he tells you something The power to accomplish what he told you comes with the word that he spoke to you. And so you and I are being equipped in these days, this week. We're being empowered, enabled. I can't do it. You're not looking to me. We're looking to him. He could speak through me, somebody else. But it's his spirit that's quickening us. And we got kingdom business going on here yes, that's right. this week. Thank you, Lord. God's will is that every believer, every family, every God-directed business, and certainly every church and every ministry be quickened, encouraged, strengthened, enabled, enlightened to another level and step up. And stay up and go back and take what the Lord is giving you to the next level that he's called us to. Every one of us. How many believe that's the will of God? For every one of us. He's not the God of staying the same. He's not the God of decreasing and diminishing and going back or down. He is the God who gives the increase. Isn't he? Aren't you glad about it? They tell us the universe is still expanding. (laughs) When God says something, it just keeps on going. And the word he speaks to us just keeps on going. In Proverbs 28.20, Proverbs 28.20, it says, A faithful man shall abound with blessings. Does anybody like that? He that makes haste to be rich shall not be innocent. As we went over last night, our main objective is not to be rich. Our main objective is not to get a lot of stuff, have a lot of stuff. Our main objective is to be blessed and be a blessing. Have the ability and resources. Amen. To bring the good things of God. A channel, a conduit. For God to minister to other people with. And what kind of man. What kind of woman. Is going to overflow. With these blessings. Faithful. Faithful faithful man. Like we got into some last night. Uh, So many times people want to emphasize. God's part of the verse. (laughs) And just shout over abounding with blessings. But that's God's part. Who's going to. Cause us to abound and overflow with blessings. That's not yourself. That's not your neighbor. That's God's part. 
Do you have to be concerned about God's part? Wonder if he'll do it. or huh? No, you don't. You don't need to be thinking about God's part. Who's going to abound with blessings? Not just everybody that comes to church or says hallelujah or makes a confession. Who's going to be abounding in blessings? The faithful man. So the part we need to work on is being faithful. The faithful part. And as sure as we do the faithful part, we know we can count on him to do the abounding blessings part. Thank you, Lord. Luke 16, if you want to turn there, the 10th verse, we looked at this last night. Luke 16, 10. 16, 10. It said, Jesus said, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Now this is the way God increases his people. He doesn't change. He doesn't do it hit and miss, spot here, not there. This is the way he does it all the time with everybody. It's progressive and he starts you out with a little. And if you're faithful with that, he'll add more to you. If you're not faithful with that, you can stay where you are. And if you continue to not be faithful, you're in danger of losing what you have. Do we see that in the scripture? Mm -hmm. Jesus talks about this. To him that has shall more be given. And if you read the context, he's talking about the person that is faithful, that values what they've been given and uses it to its full potential. And is faithful with it. To that man or woman. More will be given. Could you count on that word? More will be given. And he'll have abundance. That verse. More will be given to him. But to him that has not. To the person that doesn't value what they have right now. And the person that's not using what they have right now. He'll be taken away even that which he has. So whether we get more or get to handle more or get to be involved with more, when we do and whether we do is dependent on us being faithful right now with what we have in our hand and under our control right now. Right now. Is that true, saints? It's the truth. And so we, I think so many times folks haven't focused on that enough. They, uh, they want to holler about, you know, um, the blessings of God, the blessings of God, and, and the favor of God, and the, uh, and the hundredfold, and, the, and all of these things are true, but you're talking about God's part, right? <laughs> That's God's part. You do your part, and that will come. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added to you. No need in us hollering about all these things. Let's work on seeking first the kingdom. And then it will happen. Keep reading here. The one that's faithful in that which is least is faithful in much. He that's unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Keep going. If therefore you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, the natural things, riches, things, who will commit to your trust the true riches? So none of the things down here, none of the money, none of the houses, buildings, lands, none of that is true riches. But whether we get to handle true riches or not is connected to how faithful we are with the stuff that is not true riches. 
with the natural resources that God puts into our hand. If you won't obey him with $50 or $100, if you won't do what he tells you to do with that, if you won't do what he tells you to do with the tithe, then you don't qualify for him to add more to you. Because if you wouldn't listen on that, you wouldn't listen on something bigger and something more. That's not my words, that's his words. Right? And if you won't obey him with $100 or $1,000 or whatever it is, then that's not true riches. All that's going to fade away. That's just temporary. But if you're not faithful with that, is he going to give you a precious revelation that affects the body of Christ? That's true riches. And as we said, the truth is, in so many cases, folks just haven't qualified to handle more. And the perplexity that many are in is they think they're waiting on God to give them more. And they keep confessing and praying and begging God to give me more. I, I want a larger this and I want to handle more of this and, and a bigger this and a, and a bigger voice and to, and to reach further. You don't need to beat on that. That's not how you get it. It's by, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease is not a scripture. <laughs> that is not a verse. And that's not how God works. It's not the person that clamors for it the loudest or begs for it the most. That's not how it works. Who abounds in blessings? Who gets promoted? Who gets to handle more and much? The faithful. The faithful. Should we be interested in this? We should be thinking about this in the morning when we get up and when we lay down. Being faithful. Hallelujah. He said, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? Keep going. If you've not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? This is the way the Lord works. This is his way. We want to know the ways of God. This is his way. He gives you a little. And then he sees what you do with that. Right? And what you do with that determines if you get more and how much more you get. And if you keep on being faithful, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and I, I'm, I'm so full of it, it's hard for me not to get to the next part. Everything down here in this life is qualifying us for the next, which is the bigger, true riches, eternal. But it, you can trace it back to even when you're a child. To the smallest things. See a lot of people have been struggling. In their 30's and 40's and 50's. And some folks don't understand. Why it's been so hard with them. But the truth is. The Lord's been trying to get them to be faithful. Since they were 5 years old in some things. And they haven't changed their ways. And they keep on being obstinate. And they keep on being stubborn. 
And so, you know, with God, there is no social promotion. If you flunk the first grade a hundred times, you do not get to go to the second grade just because you're bigger than everybody else in the class. (laughs) You stay there until you pass, you know, learn how to obey and be faithful. Pass the test. Well, moving right along. (laughs) To be faithful, literally, if you look up the words, it means to be firm. It means to be sure, to be stable. The same words translated steadfast. Two words that we use in modern vernacular that I think are very descriptive of both Hebrew and Greek words translated faithfulness are the words dependable and reliable. How many would say God is faithful? Would you say he is dependable? He is reliable. He is completely reliable. Nobody ever relied on him and was disappointed and let down. He's never let down anybody and he's not going to start with you. And some people thought God let them down, but they were wrong. I said they were wrong. When the truth comes out, they'll realize it. No, God didn't let me down. He never has and he never will. That's one thing you need to make up your mind about. God is faithful. Because that will be challenged and tried. That will be tested. You got to make up your mind. Because there will be times when you'll look up through your tears. And you'll say, "I, I don't know why this is this way. I don't know why this didn't happen or why that did happen. I, I don't understand. And it's at times like that when your faith is really being tried. And you don't, to have faith, you don't have to know why. Faith does not require understanding. Faith is a choice by very nature of what it is. And let me tell you something that will get you through some of the worst places in life. You look up through your tears. You look up through your ignorance and you say, Lord, I don't understand this and I don't know what's going on, but I know this. You are faithful. I call you faithful. And I will trust you. I will trust you in life. I will trust you in death. I will never turn loose of you. I trust you. That's the definition of faithful. Trustworthy. Worth trusting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I call him faithful. I call him faithful. I hear sometimes people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm quitting the ministry and I'm quitting God and I'm doing this. And, and, and a lot of times it's because of what some person, man or woman did or didn't do. Well, just because they acted crazy don't mean God let you down. Have some sense. What do you think? Just because a person let you down doesn't mean the Almighty has let you down. I'm not quitting God. How about you? I I am not quitting God. I'm not quitting what he's called me to do and to be. I'm not quitting. No matter what. No matter what. I've made up my mind. Keith's going to make it. (laughs) You say, what do you mean? I'm talking about me. Keith's going to make it. 
I'm going to run my race. I'm going to finish my course. I'm going to stick my chest out and hit the finish line. I'm going to stand before the Lord. I'm going to hear him say, well done. Whoo. Won't that be a day? Won't that be a day? And it's not because I think I'm smarter or better than anybody else. It's because I believe he loves me and he's faithful to me. And if I fall, he will pick me up. And if I fall 12 times, he'll pick me up 12 times. And if I'm not getting it, he'll send three people by me and say, hey, Keith, you need to wake up, boy. And if I'm not getting it, he'll crank up the volume. And by his mercy and by his grace, by his faithfulness to me, I'm going to make it all the way. Somebody say, me too. Me too. Me too. Me too. Whew. Well, I'll see you there then. <laughs> I'll see you there. <laughs> Whew, glory to God. I'm glad I came tonight. Already. He's answering our prayers. He's helping us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you could see in the Spirit, you'd see shafts of light going right into people's spirit. Right into the midsection there. Right into that. By the Spirit of God. It's real. It's real. And you can tell it because it picks you up. It quickens you. A man can't do that for you. A woman can't do that for you. That's the Holy Ghost. Quickens you. (laughs) Strengthens you. Enlightens you. Where you were kind of dragging, you go, hmm, I'm not going to drag anymore. Huh? You were tempted to doubt, and you go, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. Huh? Right? Right. Thank you, Lord. His things are very, very real. Whether you see them or not, they're real. They're real. Go to Proverbs again, and let's talk some more about what faithful is. And where we got our spirit open for the Lord to show us and for us to become more faithful than we've ever been and thereby qualify to handle more than we've ever handled. I believe that's one of the central purposes of this meeting this week is that the Lord's desire and plan is that you and I be able to handle more. You believe that? To have more resources under our hand and control. To have a broader voice. To reach more with more. You believe that's the will of God? It don't come just by claiming it and begging for it. You've got to qualify by being faithful. And it's his desire and will and plan for us. He wants us to be faithful. He's rooting for us to be faithful. He's got the reward for faithfulness on standby, ready, believing with us, right? And even if we didn't make it the first go around, he's holding it for us. (laughs) Said, come on, boy, you can do this. Come on, you can do this. And as he does, it's... 
I, I see it. I see it right now. It's already, what's the word, Lord? It, it, it's in the wings. What do you mean? You, you remember when uh, Abraham, who's called faithful, took his son and went up to the mountain to uh, sacrifice him? There was a ram on the way. Based on God expecting him to be faithful. Isn't that right? Come on, you think about it. That ram is snorting around somewhere and he just gets an urge to go left. And to climb up a little higher and hang a sharp right and go on up. And and he sees a thicket and for some reason he just got to stick his head in there and root around. And did the Lord have the provision right there that intersected Abraham when he needed it? He's the same God with you and me. He's the same provider. What's the word, Lord? Abounding is the word. Abounding provision is already predetermined and provided. Provided, you know what provision is? Provision. Before seeing. Which is why Jehovah Jireh is the God who sees ahead and provides beforehand. And that is Him counting on you and me being faithful. Got it ready for us. Phyllis and I have noticed this in our own ministry. There's been more than one time that we got it in our heart. We're supposed to do this, supposed to get this, have this, do this. And then months passed and time went by and we thought, what's the, uh, what's the hold up? And, and so we're believing and we're doing what we know to do. And sometimes years passed. And when it happened, when it started happening, we realized, oh, wow, we are just now able to handle it. I thought I was ready, but I wasn't. And I thought I was waiting on him, and I wasn't. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Have you seen this before? I don't mean once or twice. A number of times we thought, well, you know, I wonder what the holdup is. And when it started happening, we realized we actually felt like we were barely able to handle it. And what you begin to see is how things really are. Millions think they're waiting on God, and they're not. They could hasten some things themselves if they'd get serious and quit playing around and be faithful. You believe it, saints? And quit failing the same test of yielding to the flesh, being loose and lax and lazy and different words for unfaithful. But why would the Lord even be talking to us about it tonight? Because he believes we can get it together. Right? And be faithful and tap in to what he's already got in the wings for us. He's already got it reserved for us. Ready for us. Trying to get to my next note, but I, I keep perceiving this in my spirit. God's got people ready. To do things. He's got resources already there. It's there. 
Why don't he just give it to me? Wrong question. <laughs> Wrong question. Why don't you be completely faithful and completely obedient and we'll see. It'll break. This will start happening. That'll start happening. It'll come from here. It'll come from there. It'll come from here. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. It'll flow and you'll know and we'll go. Hallelujah. Whew. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Proverbs. Did you find Proverbs? Proverbs, the 25th chapter. Proverbs 25. And verse 19. Let's, let's go further into what faithfulness is because many have been unfaithful and they don't call it that. We need our eyes open to see what unfaithfulness is and what faithfulness is. Pray it out loud right now. Say it out loud. Father God, God, open my eyes. eyes. Help me to see see what is true faithfulness faithfulness and what is unfaithful. And help me to see it in myself. What I have done and not done that is both faithful and unfaithful. Help me to see the truth. I claim it'll make me free. And by your grace, I'll be a doer of your holy word. Thank you, Lord. You believe that's his will? Then we know he heard us. And we know we have it. So expect it. Here we see a description of unfaithfulness. Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. What does that mean? Both of these, a tooth and a foot, are body parts you rest on, you put pressure on, you put weight on. When you're chewing, you put force down on that tooth. And you're counting on that tooth to be there for you. And to stay together. And to crush the food. You're not expecting the food to crush the tooth. You're counting on that tooth to be steady. And firm. And reliable. And to be there when you want it and you need it. Right? And your foot. You stand up after a while and get ready to walk out the back. You're going to step out of there. And you are counting on that foot to hold up your weight. Aren't you? And if the tooth is broken and you go to chew on it and the tooth gives way, that's an unfaithful tooth. Wasn't there for you when you needed it. When you go to step on that foot and the foot or the ankle folds over and the foot gives way and you fall in the floor, that's an unfaithful foot. (laughs) Right? Wasn't there for you when you needed it. You couldn't count on it. 
Didn't stand up under the pressure. Didn't bear up under the weight. What's a faithful man? A faithful woman? One that's there. One you can count on. One that bears up under the challenges or the tests or the pressure. Now, uh, Psalm 12, hold your place there in Proverbs. We're not through with that. Hold your place right there. And in Psalm 12, verse 1, notice this. We're talking about a revelation of this because a lot of folks think they know about faithfulness. And the truth is they don't know much. And part of what they think they know is wrong. Psalm 12, 1 says, help, Lord. We need help down here. Why? Because the godly man ceases and the faithful fail from among the children of men. What does that mean? And he goes on to say, they speak vanity, everyone with his neighbor, with flattering lips and a double heart. Do they speak? Lying is about as unfaithful as it gets. Because they're telling you something and telling you that you can count on it and you can't count on it. It's a lie. He doesn't get any more unfaithful than lying. Is God the faithful God? And isn't it impossible for him to lie? If he ever told us one lie, there could be the thought, well, he lied one time. How do we know this is absolutely true? How do we know we can count on this? So he he can't lie and us be able to completely count on what he said. And so he never has. And he never will. Never. So you can count on what he says. Let me read this to you from the NIV verse 1. It says, help Lord, for the godly are no more. The faithful have vanished from among men. The truth is, faithfulness is scarce. It's rare. That's the truth. And yet a whole lot of folks like to think that pretty much everybody comes to church is faithful. That's not what the scriptures indicate. Proverbs 20. Go back there and then we'll work our way back to 25. Proverbs 20 verse 6 tells the reality. Proverbs 20 verse 6 says, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man is around every corner. No. Who can find? Would that indicate hard to find? <laughs> Let me read some other translations. The New Living says, Many will say they're loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? There are many who say you can trust me. Today's English version say, everyone talks about how loyal and faithful he is. But just try to find someone who really is. Faithfulness is rare. Faith itself is not common. It's precious, indicating its rarity. So much so that the scripture says, when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith in the earth. It is not going to be everywhere. Not all men have faith, the scripture said. They could, but many choose to doubt and, and fear. 
I'm going to pause just a minute for effect. <laughs> it's quiet in here. Is this true or not? Why are we talking about this? Because there has been an incorrect assumption that the church is full of faithful people. Has not been the case. Faithfulness is precious. And it's rare. How many want to make up your mind to distinguish yourself from the ungodly world and even folks that don't choose to be? Can you be faithful? One that God calls faithful. It's not just that you say you're faithful. (laughs) What does your spouse think? What do your friends think? What do the people that are around you think? When's the last time somebody came up to you and said, look, I am unfaithful. Don't count on me. When's the last time you heard that? How about this? When's the last time you had somebody talk to you that had lied to you 40 times in the last five years and they kept saying, trust me, trust me, trust me. Should you trust somebody that's continually lying to you? You're foolish if you do. And yet there's this distorted idea that it's the Christian thing to do to trust people. No matter how unreliable they are. That's got nothing to do with being a Christian or loving somebody. You can love somebody and value them. And not trust them any further than you can throw them. There have been so many Christians, so many believers, so many preachers, so many pastors and ministers that have got involved with shady deals and lost money and lost churches' money. And lo- I, I know folks that have lost their properties, lost their buildings because they got involved with a shady character who kept saying, Trust me, you know, we got to have faith. And see, we are faith people. We feed ourselves day and night to believe without seeing, to believe amazing things can happen without any physical proof. But that's quoting half a verse. The Bible didn't say trust. It said, trust God. Big difference. I said, big difference. Trust me, you just have to have faith. No, I have to have faith in God. You're another story. God has never lied to me. God has never failed me or let me down. Other people is another story. We are not supposed to blindly trust other people. And think that's the Christian thing to do. That's the foolish thing to do. Follow your heart. Now if somebody has been utterly unfaithful and unreliable. That doesn't mean it's the end. If they'll prove faithful in a little thing. Give them a little thing. To prove their self in. And if they tell the truth about that. And they're faithful about that. You can act like the father. What can you do? Increase it. Give them something bigger. And if they just keep being faithful then you can just keep increasing it. And they can get to the place, no matter what kind of outlaw hoodlum they were, they can get to the place where they are one of your most trusted, right? Right hands. 
Because they have proven themselves faithful. But blindly trusting people whom you know are not trustworthy is just being foolish and just allowing the enemy to steal from you. Don't do that. Now notice what happens when you do it. Go back to Proverbs 25. What happens when you do encounter real faithfulness? Is faithfulness common? Do you find it everywhere? No, you don't. Nor do you find faith everywhere. Faith and faithfulness are inseparable. Where you find one, you find the other. Well, think about the word. What is faithfulness? Faith. Fullness. The same root words. They're connected. We're going to see more about it in a moment. Where you see one, you'll see the other. But in Proverbs, the 25th chapter and the 13th verse, notice this. Proverbs 25, 13. As the cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him, for he refreshes the soul of his masters. When you do encounter real faithfulness, it's like ice water on a hot day. It is refreshing that in the midst of a lying, deceiving, unreliable world, here's a man, here's a woman, that their word is their bond. If they tell you they do it, they do it. If you give them a charge, you can count on them. You you get to the point, we don't even have to check on them. You know it's going to be done the way that they were supposed to do it. How many would say, that's refreshing? That's refreshing. It's refreshing because it's God. You're experiencing a quality that God is. And it's being manifested in a man or woman. God is faithful. And those that are like him are faithful like him. Hallelujah. Everyone that has been promoted of God, added to increased, has demonstrated faithfulness without exception. And our patriarchs and heroes of faith have demonstrated that. Let me mention a couple of them to you. Abraham is called faithful. Nehemiah 9 uh, verse 7 and 8 says, you don't have to turn to these, you can just listen to these for a few minutes. It said, you did choose Abram, you gave him the name Abraham, and verse 8, you found his heart faithful before you and made a covenant with him to give the land to him, to his seed after him. God saw Abram and he saw his heart and he knew him before he was born. And it wasn't just the externals, and it certainly wasn't just genetics and DNA. It's why God chose him. It's always about the heart. And God saw in Abram, Abraham, a man that would do what he told him to do. And do it his way. A man that would take his precious things and teach him to his kids and his grandkids when they got up in the morning and when they went to bed at night. And he wouldn't just try it three days and get tired of it and quit. He would do it month after month, year after year. Come on, are you listening? Decade after decade. And God said, that's a man I can trust. 
So much so, and, and did Abraham prove that God could trust him? Yes. Thing after thing. Get up, go to a country. He did it. Go do this. Take this word. Do this with the males of your family. Thing after thing after thing. And finally, the big test with Isaac. And did he pass every test? Yes. Showing God that he could count on him. And it's because of that that God made his covenant with this man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And is God's covenant partner willing to offer up his only begotten son for God gave God a legal right to offer up his only begotten son for man. Is that precious, saints? And it was all about trust. Trust. Abraham knew he could trust God. But then Abraham demonstrated to God that he could trust Abraham. And because he did, it just kept getting bigger and bigger. Can you see that? It kept getting bigger. He obeyed him in the land where he was born. He obeyed him leaving that land. He obeyed him in the sacrifices and in the word and the circumcision. He obeyed him. He obeyed him. And so God said, I'm going to give you all this land. I'm going to do the. How many believe it just kept getting bigger? It just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger until God said, I'm making my covenant with you. The eternal covenant of the sacrifice, blood sacrifice of the firstborn. Hallelujah. I should say the only begotten at that time, who now is the firstborn of many brethren. Now that kind of relationship didn't end with Abraham. God loves you and he knows you. And he he wants you to be a bigger part of what he's doing. Just like any parent. That good things have happened for them and they love their kids. They want their kids to be a part. Don't they? And they want their, they want to be able to turn more over to their kids. But you're foolish if you turn more over to them and they're not faithful. I said you're foolish. You're not helping them by rewarding them when they're unfaithful. You're misrepresenting God. Because he doesn't do that. Yeah, but I just want them to be. I know you do. But you don't help them. By rewarding unfaithfulness. God's not that way. He won't do it. But his. How many believe his great heart. Is open to us and yearning toward us. And wanting to bring us in more. Hmm? Wanting to put more in our hands. Does he want to give us more revelation? More understanding? More resources? More opportunities? Does he? Man, there's a big job needs to be done down here in the earth. Doesn't it? The harvest needs to be reaped. It's huge. It's huge. And it's white, ready to harvest. And God's people are not waiting on him. The fact is, many have been very unreliable in some small, small things. And so, the hold up is them in their life. We've all made mistakes. It'd be hard to find anybody in here that could say, I've been 100% faithful every day and night of my life in everything the Lord told me to do. But, thank God for his mercy. 
Thank God for his grace. Thank God for the cleansing of the blood. How many believe his mercies are new every morning? By the blood, you can start off tomorrow like you never came short. Like you were never unfaithful. But you got to make up your mind. I'm going to be faithful this time. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know uh, years ago, I was believing with a, a fellow minister for a particular thing in his ministry. And something came up, and I knew they had a deadline. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, should we do something about that? And, and the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, uh, uh, no, I'm dealing with somebody else on that. Just stay in faith with him. I thought, okay, praise God. Well, uh, few days passed. Phyllis and I were actually on vacation for a couple of days. And I got up in the morning and it came up to me real strong. Send him X amount of money. Well, it was everything we had in the account. It wasn't designated. It was, you know, that's what we had. I'm a little confused. I thought, Lord, I thought you said you're dealing with somebody else on that. He spoke to my heart. I don't mean I'm hearing a voice, but inside me, he said, I have been for some time, but I can't wait on them anymore. I have to be faithful to my word to this man. And so they're, they're not obeying me. Will you do this for me? And he, and he said, and you'll get their reward on this. I said, yes, sir. We'll do it. Phyllis and I talked and they transferred the funds that day, wired them to their account. And our checking is, is empty. But I was happy. I felt like I was floating about that high all day long. Why? Because I'm one of God's go-to guys. What does that mean? He needed somebody he wouldn't have to wait on. He needed somebody that do what he said, the way he said, when he said. Come on, are you listening, saints? That's the definition of faithful. And it blessed me so much because when it was tight and it needed to happen now, God tapped me on the shoulder. He said, Keith, don't you do this for me. Glory to God. How many in here do we have God's go-to? Go-to men, go-to women. That when he needs something done, he needs it done now. He needs it done the way he said. He can tell you. He can tap you on the shoulder. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The definition of faithful, one definition, is a faithful representation. Have you ever heard of, in the art world of a faithful rendering? What does that mean? That means it's virtually an exact duplicate of this. If they changed it up, it's not a faithful rendering. Have you, did you ever play the game when you're in school or whenever? When they line up people or sit them down and somebody whispers something in the ear of this person. And they whispered in the ear of that person. And they whispered in the ear of that person. How many did that? Raise your hand if you ever done that. They whisper and they tell this person. And what happened by the time it got down to the end of the road? You hardly recognize. Sometimes it's a totally different thing. 
You know why that is? Unfaithfulness. That's why. Unfaithfulness. This person felt free to leave off a word. This person felt free to change and put it in their own words. This person felt okay to add this. Somebody say unfaithful. Unfaithful. Adding to, taking from, altering, changing it the way you think best is unfaithful. This is what I'm talking about when we say many have had an altered concept of faithfulness. They have thought faithfulness is doing it the very best way I know how. And that's not true. (laughs) That faithfulness is working hard and doing it the very best way I know how. That is not true. Faithfulness is doing it exactly the way you are told with a glad, thankful heart. And just saying that bothers your flesh. Doing it exactly the way you are told. Your flesh goes, mm, mm, the way I'm told. I hear from God too. I got the Holy Ghost too. I get things too. That sounds like rebellion. It sounds like stubbornness. Let me ask you a great big question. Jesus, Jesus. Ultimate example. Did he do things his way? If anybody would have ever qualified to do things his way, it would have been him. But did he do things his way? Absolutely not. What did he say? I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Didn't he say that? He said, I don't speak my own words. I can of my own self do nothing. Didn't he say it? What I hear, that's what I say. What I see him do, that's what I do. Jesus is the picture of perfect faithfulness. Was it always easy for him? Oh, no. No, no. In the garden, he sweat blood, resisting temptation to sin. And what was his prayer? Not my will. What does that mean? Not my way. Not what I think best. Not my will, but your will be done. The Bible said, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things that he suffered. Not suffering being sick. Not suffering being broke. Not suffering the curse of the law. Suffering. Not getting your way. Having to submit your will to another. It's not easy. But if you don't do it, you won't be faithful. You can't be faithful as long as you insist on doing it your own way. What is faithfulness? You need scripture for that. I can see it on your face. (laughs) Go to Corinthians. Thank you, Lord. This is good news, friends. Because if you thought you knew something... And things weren't working good. When you find out that you didn't, it wasn't what you thought, that's good news. 
Because now all you got to do is make an adjustment and things start working. Everybody needs some correction here and there. Everybody. Everybody. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 1. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 1 says, Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Verse 2. Moreover, it is required. Everybody say required. It's a strong word. Required. Not just nice to have. It's required. That a man be found faithful. Now a steward is one that handles another's resources. And if it's another's resources, how should you handle them? The way the owner of the resources wants you to handle or tells you to handle. If you do anything else, it's unfaithful. Unfaithfulness always has a better idea. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Unfaithfulness always has an enlightened plan, a better idea. I know they said such and such, but I'm here in the thick of it, and I'm making a call. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is why a lot of people haven't risen above where they've operated for the last 20 years. Because if you won't be faithful with that, you don't need to be given more. Let me read this to you from some other translations. The Young's literal translation says, Let a man so reckon us as officers of Christ. How about that? Did you know the Lord has officers? There's rank in the kingdom of God. Doesn't make one person better than another or more loved than another or more blessed than another. It's a matter of places, calls, and anointings. It's the anointing that qualifies. Not a person's intellect or any of that. Officers of Christ. It's required in stewards that one be found faithful. Listen to the, uh, uh, the living Bible on this. The living Bible. Which is Revelation. Verse 2. Now the most important thing about a servant. Or this is a steward. Is what? Is what? That he does just what his master tells him to do. This is how they interpret being faithful. Because it's in line with the scriptures and the words and the definitions. That's what it is. So it's not just my idea when I say being faithful is not just doing your best and working hard and trying hard or doing it the best way you think how a better way to say that but being faithful is doing exactly what you were told the way you were told when you were told right God doesn't need people to go out and set records for him and climb the highest mountain and go to the deepest ocean and go above and beyond what anybody ever, uh, uh, no, no. Now we got to back up. What's fueling that? You said it, pride. It's exactly right. Why, then why does your flesh and mine, when somebody says, you need to do it exactly the way you're told, and your flesh goes, hmm. <laughs> why does your flesh do that? Because it is taking away 
anything for you to boast about. Because if and when you do it, you only did what you were supposed to do, what you were told to do. And you can't brag on it. And your flesh wants something to brag about. I did it. I got up early. I stayed up late. I I burnt the midnight oil, brother. I went beyond. (laughs) It's all about you being something, being seen. Didn't Jesus say when someone's servant comes and does what he tells them to do, does he thank that servant? Quoting from Luke. No. No, what does he say? Yeah, and you are to say, we are unprofitable servants. Now that word unprofitable, if you look it up, not uh, deserving merit or praise would be a good definition. We don't deserve any praise, any thanks. We've just done what we should have done. We've done what our do. We did our assignment. But see, that takes away the place for bragging and boasting. And that's what your pride don't like. Because your pride wants to take credit for a job well done. Now, I know they said do this, but I had to get in there and figure this thing out. And then, you know, I, I made some changes on the ground. We had to do that. And then, what, what's all that pointing to? What's all, what's all that's, that's, people go, man, who look at you. Boy, you sure are smart. Man, look, how'd you figure all that out? You're trying for some glory for yourself. And all of us got flesh. And that's why when it comes just to the simple do what you're told to do, your flesh goes, that won't give me anything to brag about. (laughs) Exactly the point. Right? You don't need anything to brag about. Who deserves all the glory, all the praise? And if we're faithful, what the Lord is going to reward is not our extreme effort. He's not going to reward our amazing talents and abilities. He's not going to reward how high we went and how deep we went and how far. What's going to be rewarded? Does anybody, have you read the scriptures? Faithfulness. He's not going to say, well done, extreme worker. (laughs) Super Christian. No. Well done what? Faithful. What does faithful mean? You did what I told you. How many think doing what he tells you to do is going to keep you busy? You don't have to try to take on any extra projects. Just (laughs) doing what he tells you to do is going to take all of your abilities. Every, all the faith you got, all the strength you got, you don't need to add to it or take from it. And of course, anything you do add to that's not him, there's not going to be grace there to do that. That's the thing that's going to wear you out and suck away your resources, burn up your money. And that's how to get in trouble. I want you to go with me, please, to First uh, Samuel, the second chapter, but you just just hold there for a minute and let me finish this. But you'll be ready. You know, rebellion is just all over the place. And none of us need to throw any rocks because all of us have yielded to some of it here and there. But I mean, just in a service like this. I've been in a service many times. You say, you know, everybody, 
just uh, don't have your notes out right now, your Bibles, just praise the Lord. And, and uh, you look around, several people's writing notes. And they got things. And, and why? Why? See, they, they don't recognize they're being unfaithful. If you won't do a simple thing like that, that's why year after year, they're spending all their time at home writing all their revelations in their notebooks with no opportunities to minister to other people. Simple, simple, basic, basic won't follow a simple instruction. They'll add something to it. They'll change it up time after time after time and would not call that unfaithfulness. But that's exactly what it is. I mean, this gets really serious. Have you read the book of Revelation? It says, if you take away from the book there in the Revelation, your name would get taken out. If you add to it, the plagues and judgments could be added to you. How many think changing what God said and done is a bad idea? It's a very (laughs) bad idea. I mean, think about the arrogance. It's like looking at a painting that God did. And God said, I'm finished. It's perfect. And you say, well, (laughs) you know, this blue here needs to be a little bit. What arrogance, isn't it? What presumption? What pride? You're going to change it up some. Improve it. You're going to improve what God said. We said Abraham was called faithful. And you see it in him doing exactly what the Lord told him to do. Moses about three or four times you find this phrase, Moses was faithful in all his house. It's repeated and repeated. And you see it happen in Hebrews 8 to where Moses was admonished, admonished when he was about to make the tabernacle. And the Lord said, see that you make all things according to the pattern that was showed you in the mount. And you'll find this phrase, I guess, at least a dozen times. And as the Lord commanded Moses... So did Moses. And as the Lord commanded Moses, so did Moses. And as the Lord commanded Moses, even so did Moses, even as the Lord commanded him. Over and over and over. Why? Because when he said, I wanted X amount of inches by X amount of inches, they didn't add anything. They didn't take Moses and said, it's got to be exactly like this. Which is why he's there instead of somebody else. Because the Lord knew he would do it. Exactly the way he told him to do it. Because with God, just all the time, there are reasons why that you don't know. And some of the things he can't even explain them to you, you wouldn't know what he's talking about. But it's vitally important that you do it this way. And this time. And this flow. And with these people. And that you don't change. Somebody say faithful. 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 In 1 Samuel, the second chapter, in the 30th verse, Eli was the high priest. His sons were priests. They shouldn't have been priests because they weren't faithful. But he put them in there anyway. And he left them in there. Even when he knew they were unfaithful. Unfaithful. Sometimes people say, yeah, but I can't stand to pull my kids out. 
Let me tell you what's hard. Both boys dying on the same day. The temple losing the ark and the presence of God. That's what's hard. No, you don't do your kids a favor by rewarding them for their unfaithfulness. You misrepresent God. And I'm not saying it's easy. Sometimes it's hard to tell folks, well, no, you can't serve anymore. Not till some changes are made. We'll have to see. Yeah, but what about this? What about I get paid? You're not going to get paid. And there'd be crying and sometimes cussing. But if you do something different, you'll misrepresent God. Because they could get the idea that he's like you. And that no matter what they do, they're going to be blessed. Even if they're unfaithful, they're going to have all the plan of God. And there'll be a time when you're not around. And they'll still be confused. The earlier you can get it fixed, the easier it is to fix. The longer you let it go, the worse it is. And the harder it is. You need to learn faithfulness when you're three years old. That it's not alright to not listen. It's not alright to ignore. Here, Eli's boys are not doing what God told them to do with the offerings. They've changed it up. And they're stealing offerings. And they're having affairs with the women that come to to worship. And all kind of things. And the Lord's telling them. He warned him. And he did not get it fixed. He gave him opportunity. And he wouldn't do it. And now he said. uh, He said. I said that you and your house would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says. Be it far from me. Because them that honor me. I will honor. Is he going to honor everybody? No he's not. Who's he going to honor? Not those that despise him and and rebel against him and won't listen to him. He's going to honor them that honor him. Do you have a desire to honor him? You know, when the Lord meets your needs and your bills are paid, when other people are going under, that's honoring you. When you're able to expand and increase, when other people are closing the doors, that's God honoring you. When your babies are healed, when others die, that's God honoring you. Isn't it? When in the midst of things going down and things going bad, you're able to rise up on another level and function and operate in a wider realm and measure than you ever have before. That's God honoring you in the midst of others. And how's that going to happen? Why is that going to happen? Because you honored him. You honored him. You distinguished him. Does anybody remember when Moses got in the biggest trouble he got in? What happened? God told him to do what? To speak to the rock. And he's going to bring water out because they're out in the desert and they're desperate for water. Them and their flocks and everybody. And the whole bunch is just full of rebellion. They're hollering about going back to Egypt. Why would you ever bring us out here to die? Whole bunch have got stinky attitude. Lousy attitude. And it got off on Moses. All that bitterness and that griping and that smart aleck talk. Didn't it? It infected him. How many know you got to watch who you hang around? Because what's on them can affect you. He goes out there. And he says, here now. You bunch of rebels. 
Am I going to have to get water out of this rock for you? Are we going to have to get water out of this rock? Whoa, whoa, whoa. When did we ever get water out of the rock? <laughs> what's, what's this we stuff? <laughs> and so he whacked the rock. And eventually the water came out. But he's in big trouble. You know, sometimes things get done and a miracle happens, but that don't mean you're okay. (laughs) You're in big trouble. (laughs) God was honoring their faith and having mercy on them, and you happened to be the one he needed to use right then, but that don't mean everything you said and did was okay, or that you're all right. And the Bible said that God said, you did not sanctify me in the eyes of the people. What does that mean? He changed what God told him. People say, well, it's a technicality. You speak to the rock, you whack the rock. What's the big deal? (laughs) It's not a technicality. It's all about an unfaithful heart. Moses knew that's not what God told him to do. He knew he was supposed to do it in a way that everybody saw and knew God is doing this. And instead of doing that, he draws attention to himself. He gets all smart mouth with them and talks about what we got to do now. It was very, very serious. Should he have followed the instructions God gave him to A.T.? And failure to follow them. And changing it up when he knew better. Did it cost him? Why? Not because God didn't love him. He disqualified himself on some things because he was unfaithful. He was unfaithful. God had been able to trust him, trust him, trust him. He tells him to do this and he didn't do what he told him to do. By the grace of God, we don't have to be like that today. Verse 35, 1 Samuel 2, 35, the Lord said, I'm going to raise me up a faithful priest. What is a faithful priest? That shall do according to that which is in my heart and my mind. What was Eli's boys doing? What was in their heart and their mind? Somebody say unfaithful. Unfaithful. And God told Eli he better do something about it. And he wouldn't do what was in God's heart and mind about it. He kept doing what he thought and what he decided to do. He said, well, I'm going to get me somebody that will listen to me. Did you know he said the very same thing about Saul and David? He told Saul, go destroy Amalek. What did Saul do? He said, wipe out everything. And he had reasons why. We won't get into it. But he comes back, he spares Agag, he spares the choice livestock, and he comes back and he said, I've obeyed the command of the Lord. Samuel said, what about these sheep I hear, cows I hear, what's all this? He said, all the people wanted to keep some stuff, but I've done what the Lord told me to do. And he argued with him. And before it was over with, the word of the Lord came through Samuel and said, the kingdom's taken away from you. He's going to give it to a man. And if you look at the whole context, a man after his own heart. What is a man after his own heart? That will do what I got in my heart. What I got in my mind that will do what I want done. 
and not change it up and not alter it. And David was such a man. He made mistakes too, but he qualified at that point. Now, uh, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise me up a priest, easy to read, says, that I can trust. This priest will listen to me and do what I want. He will do everything I want him to do, one translation said. He will serve me and do whatever I tell him to do. Hallelujah. Acts 13 says about David, verse 22. I've found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do, the NIV says. The Amplified says it like this, Acts 13, 22. You know, Saul wouldn't do what he told him to do. So he raised David to be king and he bore witness and said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will and carry out my program fully. Amen. <laughs> What's God looking for? He's looking for somebody that will get rid of their agendas. Right? And what they think they want and what they need and that he can count on to do it exactly the way he tells. After my own heart. Go to First uh, Samuel 14. You're there in the second chapter. 14. Oh man, I like this. Do you have a desire to be one that God can rely on? One that God can count on? We must not despise small things and think just because it doesn't seem very important, I can change it all up and just do whatever I want. No, that's disqualifying us from something bigger. We must treat the small things like they were big things. Because if it's the Lord's thing, why wouldn't it be big to us? It's his thing. You have to watch about looking for something else. Waiting for something big to come along. These things are happening. God's opportunities to us are everywhere. They're in the nursery. They're in the parking lot. They're on the cleaning teams. They're on the, with the young preacher, man or woman, that gets the opportunity to speak to three people. They're happening all around us. And they may, they may not be big fanfare, may not be a big huge auditorium, may not be on TV, But it is ordained of God. He has set this up. And he has told somebody to do something. And friend, all you need to know is did the Lord tell me to do this? And if he he did, man, you shine your shoes, you button your jacket, come on, you listen to me, and you go into mission mode. (laughs) By the grace of God, we are going to do this. And we're going to do it to the best of our ability. What he told us to do. The exact way he told us to do it. If we don't have it. We're going to believe God till we get it. Till we can do it the way he told us to do it. And it takes faith to do that. It takes faith to be faithful. And when folks are failing to be faithful. Again and again. It comes back to a lack of faith in God. You'll see it real clear right here. 1 Samuel 14, verse 1. Came to pass upon a day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to a young man that bare his armor, he said, come, let's go to the Philistines' garrison that's on the other side. 
But he didn't tell his father. Well, there's a whole regiment of army over there. Enemy. Verse 2. Not a place you just want to go for a stroll. Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeon under the pomegranate tree. And people with him, about 600 men, keep going. Ahiah, the son of Ahitub, Eli, they were there. And the people didn't know that Jonathan was gone. He didn't tell anybody. Verse 4. Between the passages by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Pharisees, there was a sharp rock on one side, sharp rock on the other side. Kills the names of them, verse 5. Forefront was situate. Gives you the picture of how they're approaching, verse 6. Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come, let's go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be the Lord will work for us. There's no restraint with the Lord to save by many or by few. Say what? (laughs) What are we going to (laughs) do? There's soldiers everywhere. And they're here, there's me and you. Verse 7. His armor bearer said what? Are you sure about this? His armor bearer said, you do what you want to. I'm going to the house. I don't want to die today. This is crazy. This is crazy. His armor bearer said, I don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> uh-uh. No, no, no. Now I'll tote your little shield and your stuff, but I'm too young to die. What did he say? Come on, tell me what he actually said. What did he say? He said, well, you can do that if you want to, but that's crazy. You do what you want. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to go over here and get behind the rock (laughs) so that when they see you, they can't shoot at me. (laughs) What did he say? He said, do all that's in your heart. Turn you. Behold, I am with you. Not just I'm with you. I'm with you how? According to what you got in your heart. There's a lot of people that'll say, I'll be glad to help you. As long as they can help you their way. The way they think best. And the way they want to help you. But that's not faithful. That's not faithful. Faithful is what this young man says. He knows from all natural indications they could have 30 minutes to live. But he's not a coward. I said he's not a coward. Being a coward is no way to live. That's no kind of life. He said, I'm with you. I'm right here. I got your back. Ever how you want to do this? You can count on me. I'm right here. You go left, I'm going left. You go right, I'm going right. You stand and fight, we stand and fight. That's faithful. And he didn't have the plan, which is why it takes so much faith. And it's not like Jonathan said, I've heard from the Lord. I had a vision. You know what he said? It may be. 
It, it could be. God could do something here. You know why so many people wouldn't be faithful in this situation? A simple lack of faith. You got to come back to some bedrock. You got to come back and be able to say, I know God put me here. I know God told me to help this man. And that's all I need to know. And I know if I'm doing what God told me to do, he's going to take care of me. Even if this man messes up on some things, I'm not just doing this because of him. I'm doing this because of you. And I got faith in you. So here we go. Now we're talking about this side of faithfulness, but put yourself in Jonathan's place. What kind of man or woman do you want beside you? When you're stepping out, you, you're stepping out in faith. You've got no reason to think this is going to turn out right. It's taking all the faith you've got. What kind of person do you want? You want somebody nagging you all the way? It's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. What is wrong with you? Are you nuts? Are you crazy? Somebody say unfaithful. Unfaithful. You want somebody the whole way trying to give you a better idea? Listen, I went to school too. What we need to do is get a plan. And we need to go over here. And then we need to do this. And then we need to do that. I'm with you. Read the rest of it. I'm with you what? The NIV says, do all you have in mind. Go ahead. I am with you heart and soul. Complete Jewish says, do everything you think you should. I'm with you, whatever you decide. And so he said, okay, I got it. We'll go down there and say, hey. (laughs) And if they say the right thing, we'll attack them. (laughs) Two against the world. And they did. And they did. And his armor bearer was right there with him back to back. And they fought. And the spirit of God moved and parted through that place. And the shout was heard. And their bunch was able to come and join in on it. God wrought a great victory that day. Because somebody had enough faith to step out. And somebody had to have a lot of faith to go with. It sounds like what Ruth told her mother-in-law Naomi doesn't he when the one girl said you know I'm leaving she said that's great baby I got nothing for you nothing here with this this old lady you need to go back and she kissed her and she left but what did Ruth say don't ask me to leave what you say don't ask me to go because what's going to happen I'll read it to you Ruth 1 16 she said where you go I will go where you lodge I will lodge. Your people's going to be my people. Your God's going to be my God. Where you die, I'm going to die. It's where I'm going to be buried. The Lord do so to me and more. If all but death parts me and you. And when she saw that she was what? Steadfastly minded. That means faithfulness. Steadfastly minded to go. She quit talking to her because there was no use. She said, well, come on. You're going anyway. Come on. Let's go. And because she was that way, did her life change. A little while later, was she abounding in blessings? Come on, can you see it? What did she become a part of the lineage of the Christ, the Son of God? What if she hadn't been faithful? What if she hadn't been faithful? 
Would we even know her name? No. Stand on your feet, everybody. Lift up your hands. Let's thank God that there's still time, there's still opportunity for you and me to be faithful. Hallelujah. No matter what has happened in times past, the Lord wouldn't be talking about these things to us unless he believed in us and believed that we could rise up to another level and qualify for the next level. Oh, thank you, Lord. Go ahead. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.